for real. Oh, really? That's how you feel. And the guys are like, asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them How was your day? That's Colin. That's Ryan. I'm Tellier. And we're glad you're with us. Welcome to the Misinterpreted Podcast. Colin, back in town for the birthday weekend. Oh, I should have brought your present on <laughs> for the show that so that you awesome. could see it. Uh, back in town for a little bit before, <laughs> hey, Bisky, before uh, moving full-time to Texas and a special teams and defensive analyst for Stephen F. Austin Yep, and recruiting assistant. And that's me. Pretty dang cool. Yeah, I'm excited. So you were just down there for a week. Got to go to all over the state of Texas, yeah. a ton of different camps. I want you to tell the audience, tell us. What it is like, like the life of FCS football. Okay, so as an FCS football team, you can't hold your own mega camps. You can, but you won't get more than 300 kids to probably show up. We were at TCU, and they have four. They How do they do their mega camps? They have two days, four camps every day. Each camp has well over 400 kids. That's insane. Coming from and all over. Each camp is the same. All, each camp is the same besides they sprinkled in one special teams camp um, amongst those eight camps in two days. And it is just insane. You got kids coming from all over the state of Texas, Oklahoma, California. You got people coming from everywhere trying to be seen. Uh, quick note you don't get seen at those camps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because there are so many kids. TCU already knows who they're looking for. To be honest, TCU is recruiting kids that are freshmen right now. like, And those aren't the kids that are at the camps at that moment. But basically, at the FCS level, you have to go around your state and hold camps all over the place. So um, I showed up late. My first camp was at TCU. From TCU, went to San Antonio, held a camp there. Uh, that ended up getting rained out because of the storms that have been all over Texas this week. Um, from there, we went to Austin, Texas, held one camp there, and then went to Houston and held three. Um, before I got there, they had four different camps in the Dallas area, Fort Worth, Dallas, all over the place. You have to do that because that's how you can find your little diamonds in the rough, um, these random kids that you might have not known about, but they show up to your camp and run a four four forty, and you're like, oh, my God. Who is this kid? Um, so it's just kind of how you got to do it. But Texas high school football is where it's at. You can hold it crazy camps. Like our last camp was at C.E. King High School. They had an outdoor turf field practice, outdoor grass field practice, ginormous game stadium. Obviously, they practice there a couple times too. And then a ginormous indoor stadium um, just for practice. And then they have multiple gyms across campus. High school sports in Texas is second to none. That's on. Do you think? Do you think it's at all overdone? I, I think so a little bit. But if you have the funds to do it at a public school, why not? But in certain areas in Texas, it's really weird. Um, in certain school districts, if one school has something, every school has to have it. So. Oh. That's why some of these, like so many schools, have certain things like that, and then some don't because some schools might get more funding, but they can't do that because other schools in that district can't do it. Um, so it's really weird how it all works, but it is insane. 
That's why they say Texas is king. Football is king in Texas. That's just how it goes. Um, and the places that I thought were incredible were not even the coolest places that the other staff like said that it got to go. They said in Dallas at Melissa High School was probably the coolest high school that I've ever been to. And mind you, p- private schools in Texas are like not really a thing. Yeah, right. Like public schools right. reign everywhere. I mean, it's just like a small college at that point. Exactly. Like, the, the campuses are insane. Like there's a weight room inside the indoor facility at CE King, and then they had their own ginormous weight room for whoever wants it. And nice. I'm looking at our stuff at SFA, and I'm like, we have the tiniest weight room that is used by all sports. We can't even lift as a team all at once. We have to lift by a position group. Like, that's it. At UW, we were able to lift as a defense and lift as an offense. We could have done everybody if we really wanted to, but we did it differently there. Um, And then we look at our facilities. We don't have an indoor facility. We have two (laughs) not-top-notch grass uh, practice fields, and then the turf field is pretty good. But um, you just kind of have to do what you got to do. Um, out there to recruit one of our and find the has crazy to give people. A, an anonymous donation to SFA to get that, <laughs> to get their facilities running because it is. I have heard from you that there are some really high hopes going into this season as yes, a, as someone that needs to make up a little bit of money. <laughs> how much can I hammer in home SFA to win their conference? You know, as much as you can disclose. Um, I don't think I'm allowed to disclose <laughs> as, as if he any was of in the script writing meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know no, if I'm up? able to disclose <laughs> any of that information. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, big hope. This is I was telling Tellier, it's the first year of the United Conference. Uh, the football teams in the WAC and the football teams in the A Sun are coming together to create their own conference. Ideally, entering FBS football uh, next season. So, um, first is that, year. Is that the plan for the whole United Conference? Yeah, everybody wow. will go. So, United that's the stat is insane. It's easier to go as a group versus going as just wow. a single team, having to find a new conference, everything like that. So, um, I, I could see a future, especially with all this, like, relocation and conferences and big teams going to new conferences and things like that. I could see FCS kind of becoming obsolete with how um, smaller schools are going to be getting less of the pot with bigger schools Mm -hmm. creating these mega conferences, stuff like that. Um, But, I mean, I think it's something to be seen. But I'm in the right place at the right time, a school that's going to be growing um, and trying to go compete at the highest level that you possibly can. So as it it stands, kind of if we take away the expectation from – this United Conference mm-hmm. to jump up to FBS. Outside of that, what would you say is the appeal to high school recruits to go the FCS route? So I think it's kind of a weird way of looking at it now, but with the transfer portal, you can go to a place like SFA and you can show off your skills playing D1 football. Like you might not get your Texases or your Texas A&Ms and stuff like that. But you go have a stellar year at SFA, you're going to go wherever you want. You're treating it like a JUCO almost. Almost, yeah, because of how lenient you are, like or the NCAA rules are nowadays, you can go do that. I mean, there was a kid who, um, I'm blanking on his name, but he went and played D2 for two years and was the best receiver in D2 football, mm. and now he's at Texas A&M. Mm. Like, no. So he downgraded that, his program. <laughs> 
Yeah, but you <laughs> basically like I think it was Arkansas Pine Bluff is where he was at. Yeah. Like I think they're, they're, are they the Aggies? Well, no, Texas A and M is. Oh, but what's Arkansas Pine Bluff? They're like the Golden Lions or something. Yeah, so oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, but it's just <laughs> probably the LMA Powells. Probably, yeah. <laughs> but it's just that's what it's becoming. But I say going the FCS route, you're playing D one football, you're getting quality football in, and you're getting coaches who have to work harder for you. They have to recruit harder to find the best talent possible. Um, and you're going into smaller communities that just are all they care about is your team. All Nacogdoches cares about is SFA. Um, it's, a, it's a small town, but everybody's ready to like just rally around the Lumberjacks and root them on. Um, and I think Texas football is as good as you're going to get high school-wise. So you, can, you find so many good diamonds in the rough. I mean, we had a guy who just got drafted by the Chiefs, fifth rounder. Really? B.J. Thompson was the best defense end. More draft picks in, than UW this year. In the WAC. Yeah. He, yeah. That was their only draft pick for um, for SFA. But their best receiver signed pretty much the max undrafted free agent contract that he could have with the Jets. So we have a guy who's um, going to be chasing Patrick Mahomes around at practice. And then we have a guy who's catching balls from Aaron Rodgers. Um, pretty dang cool. Yeah. So and not too bad. Very high not expectations here. So it reminds me of last chance you a little bit. Yeah. Of what you're, it's like, like you say, Macadocious. All they care about is football. That's the first thing that I notice about Eastern Mississippi is like that small community. Yeah. Loves football. Exactly. Like our stadium might not be the biggest. Um, we might not get the funding that places like Texas and all that gets, but you're gonna get people who care about the products that's going out on the field and they're ready to root you on and they're ready to ax some jack some baby so ax some jack some so uh we're ready to roll i think this coaching staff has changed up a little bit this is i think the third new defense coordinator in three years for sfa because they've had guys succeed and go take bigger jobs i think our defense coordinator just took the job at colorado state um from last season and we got the linebacker coach coming in from tulane who uh, has wanted to be a defense coordinator for a while. He had success uh, with the Cotton Bowl champs, um, and so he's he's ready to take on a defense. And I've sitting in a room ta- just talking to that guy uh, for the brief time I've spent there and with him. He is a genius, and uh, everybody's really excited to have him in the building and see what he can do for the, for the Lumberjack defenses here. That's really, really cool. And I, I know you – are obviously just a massive football fan and everything, but you consider yourself an offensive mind. Yeah. So what is it like now on the defensive side? I know it's a ton of learning. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm first. I'm just learning so much, and everything that the coaches have told me is basically like being on the defensive side is going to help you so much in your future. Whether I want to continue on college football or go high school football, like I'm leaving every door open for for that. Um, but I'm I'm already learning a lot. I get to work with the defensive lineman. Uh, Ty Warren is our defensive line coach, and he is a multiple-time Super Bowl champ. He likes to wear his rings around all the time. Like he does it. I mean, he is one of our biggest recruiters now, just because he can show up wearing a Super Bowl ring, and people are like, <laughs> yeah. "I want to play for that guy." <laughs> right. um, so it's just kind of surreal for me, sitting in a room full of defensive linemen that are all bigger than me, and they know I've never played the position in my life. But they can sit there, and I'm learning as they're learning. I can sit there and watch tape and give them an unbiased opinion. Um, and 
I mean, I sat through camps learning as much as the high schoolers were learning. And by the end of camps, I was able to look at kids and like, hey, like here's stuff that you can work on based off of um, just everything that I've learned throughout being around them. So it's been really cool. I'm learning a lot. This experience is going to be amazing. I mean, I I feel extremely unqualified for this job, (laughs) to be completely honest. Uh, But I think the opportunity is there, and I'm going to soak it up like a sponge. I've been in opportunities. Like, I've had opportunities like this where... I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I was excited to learn and see where it takes me. So, so you you think when you go up and give advice that they're actually accepting it from the short white guy who's never played D line? Is that what you're telling me? Um, you know, they all okay. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. When you're at a camp and you're it's your camp, it's your team. Like when we were holding these camps. Each and every kid looked us in the eye and was like, hey, coach, like they respected the hell out of us. And they looked up at us because, I mean, all those kids are there trying to get offers. So right. if you're telling yeah. them. You hold the golden I, ticket. I, I could literally <laughs> look at them and just be like, you should just spin in circles. They'd freaking do it because, I mean, I'm a D1 football coach telling them what to do. Right. And they're trying to get looks. So, um, But I think I have a special ability to soak up things really quickly and, you know, they might look at me and be like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. But, you know, later on down the road, I can prove it that I know what I'm talking about and I'm good to go. So it's just the beginning and learning all this stuff. I did something very similar coaching high school freshman basketball <laughs> uh, with a extremely talented team. Yeah, I, I saw you guys play. Yeah. Unreal. Tons of potential there. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like in that coaching position, like I would scrimmage with them every now and then. And like something, I would make a mistake or do something wrong in the like in the gameplay, and I'm like, oh no no no, we don't play it like that. We play it like this, just so it would favor my outcome. Yeah. <laughs> it was the best. <laughs> and then I asked him one time, I was like, why don't you guys ever like say anything when I just go out of my way to change rules? They're like, you're the coach. We can't really do that. Like, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> so what was really funny was during camps, um, I got to hold bags during defensive drills and. Um, I was I was getting roughed up. Other coaches were getting roughed up. Like it was just really fun. But they're like, "This is your one chance to literally go out and hit a D1 football coach." Like at the big schools, they're not doing this. Like their coaches don't want anything to do with holding a bag and having a 300 pound kid collide with them. And I was doing that. I was getting like, I was holding these bags. I was getting cuts all over my arms oh my and everything. Gosh. Like you can look at my hand. I got these four little spots and everything like that. I was just, I was getting roughed up, but I was having the time of my life. I'm like, when else am I going to be able to do this? Seriously. And so um, that was always really fun. I got to do that similar thing when I was there at SFA too. And, I mean, they all just look at me as a guy, a young guy trying to learn just as much as they are. I mean, at this age, I'm only a couple years older than the players on our team. And um, it was a similar situation when I was at UW. They, They look at you as just, they respect the hell out of you because you're trying to do the same thing they're doing, just at a different capacity. So. I th- I think that's a great point because I think that adds a ton to the appeal of FCS. The way you said it, like coaches aren't doing this at that level because they don't really need to. I think yeah. there's something about an environment where everyone 
the players, the recruits, and the coaching staff are all there to prove something mm-hmm. and work their way up. Yeah. I think that's really, really cool. And they're all working towards the same thing, but oh, in different yeah. capacities. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, they I have mean, a shared goal. Yeah. Everybody's trying to take that next step. And at SFA, we've proved that we can put guys in the NFL. Um, and then we've proved that we can send coaches to a bunch of other places, like big, powerful schools. I mean, there's a guy who was in my position who ended up getting a GA spot at Ohio State after being at SFA for a year and now he's at Cincinnati as the recruiting coordinator like it's just things happen so quick um and you just have to be able to soak it all in learn a lot learn fast the saying we said at UW was you got to be able to drink out of a fire hose and um that's what I feel like this whole experience is going to be for me but I'm ready to roll so so what's Um, the dream job I'm if, still, if you're working up the ladder. I'm still figuring that out. Um, I've always said that going to Penn State and working there would be a, mm-hmm. an absolute dream for me just because that's where my grandpa went. I grew up rooting on the Nittany Lions and then kind of stopped a little bit during the Sandusky no, Paterno years. That's when I became a fan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's weird. Um, <laughs> but I think now that Penn State's been able to like rework their way back and figure it out and be a contender every single year i think that would be a dream um to end up there or go to back to my alma mater at um clemson to be able to i've ha- i've been able to network a lot there um and i have a really good buddy who works there and then honestly coming back to UW would be a dream too i think um when i got here when i got here i was like you know i don't know how much i'm really gonna like it like if clemson's playing at the same time that UW's playing i'd rather watch the tigers play and that actually totally flipped uh, by the end of the Would year. You still say that? I no. I I I don't. If they're playing at the same time, I'd need to be watching both at the same time because um, whoever's on defense, of course, we're watching defense. Yeah, <laughs> sure. A lot of film. Um, but yeah, so I I think any of those three spots would be amazing. But I've mentioned it too. Like I wouldn't mind going the high school route. My dad coached high school football. I think there's a lot of good that you can do at the high school level um i mean some I people think especially you like having experience at all mm-hmm. these big programs yeah no 100 like you said networking around you then come to high school and you share those experiences like mm-hmm. this is how it's going to be yeah. you have like real lived experience in those and from the staff perspective I that's, think, yeah, yeah i think that's the benefit of doing like younger kids too it's like they're trying to figure like obviously college kids are trying to figure it out too but high schoolers especially are in the spot where they don't know who they want to be or what they want to do, right? Yeah. You can kind of guide them, you know, kind of be this father figure, like this mentor that they may, you know, not have or they may need. So I think that's, you know, a huge benefit of being able to coach, like, younger players as well, even, like, the 12, 13, like, age level as That's well. tough. Mm-hmm. 12-year-old football is yeah. tough to coach. And for me as well, like, I've worked in the baseball atmosphere at a Power 5 school too, so – I've oh, been able a to flex in there. I've been able to <laughs> you do hockey too. What about equestrian? How's your horse racing? Amazing. How's your horse race betting? <laughs> Terrific. Less than. <laughs> Less than. Uh, but I just think having the versatility of doing both those things to be able to go to high school and coach baseball and football and have this expertise that I've been able to see work at the highest level. Um, it's it's going to be really cool. So I'm still figuring out those dreams where it's going to take me, but. Um, I'm just here for the ride, enjoying it, being where my feet are, and just soaking it all in. I mean, you're going to be successful anywhere you are. And, uh, you know, word of advice to you from the defensive (laughs) side, um, don't let them score. 
bottom line. Yeah, just, you know, just tell your kids don't let them it, score. You win the stop, game if you score more people. points exactly. um, than the other team. It, I think high likelihood I th- yeah. of winning. <laughs> if you score more points than the other team, you are more likely to win the game. Yeah. Game seven must win. <laughs> let's talk about a team that can't stop people from scoring. USC. There. Let's get some clicks here. Let's get controversial. So USC, one of the schools that are looking to go into the college football playoff. Texas is up there. Penn State might be up there. Florida State is very high up there as well. I don't know. Florida State, USC is kind of in the bubble. I had them going in but can see them going out. Texas, no chance right now. But what are your thoughts? What are your top four right now? Oh, boy. (laughs) Trying to do this without bias is tough because I'd love to have Clemson and UW in the playoff. Um, I think those are two teams that could easily do that this year. Um, Let's get some clicks, all right? Just, 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 just some something <laughs> but, okay. off the rails. If you Colin. have to say it, then it doesn't get clicks. Okay, here's my we top just, four. We just flip it, here's we my flip top it after four. The fact. Hey, I co- I commented this <laughs> when you guys posted it. My top four this year is three teams: Clemson, <laughs> UW, and SFA. They're all going to be in the playoff this year. There doesn't I, need to be a fourth team. I don't care if we're FCS. We are making the FBS college football playoff. Everyone knows it. <laughs> exactly. We're going to beat Troy this uh, year. Two guys are. In the NFL now, so exactly. like, we're better than enough. Georgia. All right, better than Georgia's whole defense being drafted. Come on, I mean Georgia's got no one else left, right? They yeah, all got exactly. drafted. It's impossible. Unless, yeah. unless they steal everybody off our roster, they're not going to be better better than us. I think you're exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, if you want a realistic top four out of me right now, I'm gonna go Georgia because of how cupcake that schedule looks. It's oh, yeah. it's like they're they're over under literally. I think is undefeated. Undefeated. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like and eleven I think, and a half yeah. wins. Yes. Yes. Wow. And, and I, I think and I, I think, think they're fa- I think it's like minus odds for over. Their too. biggest thing for them they have is one their quarterback one position. Day. Yeah. I think Stetson Bennett. and Everybody was so like. Hmm, I don't know if he's really that great, but he's they, not. they. But what I, I agree, but. With what Georgia has on the defensive side of the ball and the skill positions, if you have someone that can pitch the ball and get it to the guy uh, when they're open and just knows the basics of that offense, they're going to be good to go. So I think it'll be interesting. It's going to be a first-year starting quarterback for the Bulldogs this year. I think Alabama's in a similar situation there. Alabama's in a tough situation. Honestly, most of the SEC has a lot of question marks at the Mm -hmm. quarterback position. Like Mm -hmm. Alabama doesn't know what they're doing. Kentucky, new quarterback. Florida, new quarterback. Yeah. Vanderbilt doesn't yeah, even Van- know what a yep. quarterback is. <laughs> <laughs> Running that Army-style offense. Yeah. They might as well at this point. Yeah. I will say about Georgia's, Carson Beck is supposed to be that guy, and yes, they've had they've had a lot of issues with like top recruit quarterbacks. That's how Stetson Bennett made his name, right? Because he was able to beat out guys like Eason, like Fromm, like um, uh, that guy from like JT Daniels as well. He was a number number one quarterback. Yeah. So not a great history with great high school quarterbacks over there at Georgia. But Carson Beck is supposed to be that dude. I think they easily win the SEC. Oh, I think 100%. there's no match. I I think Alabama took a major step back with what they lost and what they have coming back in. Um, so I I have Georgia. I think the ACC is going to be incredible with Clemson and Florida State going head to head. And the new thing in the ACC is the two best teams get to play each other in the championship now. Um, As opposed to divisions? Yeah. Oh, nice. So they switched that. And North Carolina. Hey, let's and, not forget yeah, about Drake Tar-Hans. May is legit. Um, I just don't know how much North Carolina has around him. I mean, he lost his top receivers. Well, yeah, so that's ex- a huge blow. Exactly. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I like those three core teams at the top. 
um, the ACC. I think the Pac-12. This is the biggest year, deepest year. This in the is Pac-12. a statement year. This 100%. is hundred percent. Like, and the fact that the Pac-12 might be dissolving is crazy. They like the Big Ten and the SEC are the best. It's always the race for who's the third best conference. The Pac-12 is probably right there with how many great teams they have. Anybody can come out, and I think that's going to be the most fascinating conference. I think to watch easily top. Sure. To, I think top to bottom. Yeah. I think they're the number. I think they're better than the SEC as a whole. Like conference. top to bottom, I not even I not e- not even top that. to bottom. If you just compare to conferences, like you take Georgia, and then everyone else is pretty mid. And I think it's you know because you have all these historic schools like A and M, like Alabama. And they're going straight off of history, but when you look at the play, it's like, you know, you can only tell because they're playing each other, so you can't really tell if they're losing because they're both bad or they're losing because they're both great. But, like, Arkansas isn't really that team. Yeah. Missouri is mm-hmm. definitely not that team. We're talking about Vanderbilt, Florida. Billy Napier might be fired this year. Yeah. But I yeah. think this this year, like, top to bottom, easily Pac-12, but if you're just comparing, comparing conferences even at yeah. the top – I think once you get past Georgia and the SEC, it's very, very. I think it's incredibly weak, and I think this is the one is one of the like weakest the SEC has ever been. Uh huh. I I hundred percent agree with that. I if think Georgia wasn't 10, as good as they are, they're like bottom two. I think the Big Ten is kind of similar. They have a three horse race with Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State, and then who else? Yeah, you know. But you it's think, a really good three horse race. Oh, it's hundred percent. Do you what think puts them over the top? Two Big Ten teams can make the CFP. I think this is the year to do it. I think we both have Ohio State yeah. and Michigan. So. I think this is the year to do it, especially with how down the SEC is. And no matter what happens in the Pac-12, like let's say that there's a one-loss Washington and a one-loss USC at the end of the day, like one of them's going to go. Yeah, I I just don't see. I'm just afraid that one of those teams gets like two losses like like everybody no, might have two losses yeah pac-12 needs a representative this year because yeah, we were talking about it. it it's like there's seven teams in this conference that can win on any given saturday against yeah. any given team yeah no 100 percent. there are no cupcake games after week four for any of the teams mm-hmm. i i 100 agree and i don't know i just think this is going to be a very fascinating year of college football just with everything going on sec down year pac-12 up year Boise State up year, <laughs> because yep, go Broncos except <laughs> except week one against UW. Yep, um, cupcake, cupcake, yeah. it's here. Yeah, but so yeah, I think it's gonna be a really awesome year of college football. Big Twelve just got bigger, and Cincinnati, UCF, Houston. I think that adds a little bit more of a spectacle. Um, and then USC and UCLA's last year in the Big Ten or in the Pac-12 about to join the Big Ten. I just think this is gonna be one of the biggest years. Um, so much can happen. I think Georgia's the one team everybody knows is probably going to make the playoff. The other three spots are up for grabs. Yeah, I think if the Pac-12 does not have a representative this year, they should merge with the United Conference. <laughs> that would <Sure>. be perfect. <laughs> That'd be like what, like a twenty-two team conference at that point. Yeah, you'd be Love going, it. you'd be going all the way from Washington to Florida on a on a road game on the Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. in exactly. in every other sport. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, going uh, going all the way from Nacogdoches to Seattle to play SFA versus UW, and then go purple out. Go to Eastern Kentucky, or <laughs> yes. shout out Central Arkansas with the worst football field in all it of the world. It is absolutely disgusting. Have you seen it? 
Where? Central, Central Arkansas, Arkansas football I'm field. Not, no. It is okay. It is. It's like is it every five yards or every ten yards? It's every five yards. Every so five yards, it alternates between purple and light gray. That's. Is it worse than the Broncos Stadium? Go Boise, of course. But yeah, but that's oh, Boise is but it's electric. All blue. Like I don't mind the blue turf. It, it's kind of disgusting. No, it's, it's not. Kind of it, no, it's make not. it green. Just teaches their own with that. But I just think this, make the end zones whatever you want. Leave this the field this field is. We were watching tape when I was there. I got to pull this up. Though. We were just like it's disgusting. I was Central sitting Arkansas. back. It was the first time I'd ever seen this field, and I was not paying attention to the tape that was on the screen because I was like, "What the heck is this field?" <laughs> and we're going there this year. Yeah, and you so, do play in Conway. Yeah, and so I was just like, "What?" Like, That's what am disgusting. I getting myself into? I thought it was just the numbering that was changed. No, no. It's literally the turf. And they, and they, they like, mirrored it. So it's not oh, even. In the middle, it's just yeah, pure gray it's not, with the It's not alternating logo. throughout the, yeah. throughout so, the entire field. That's gross. Uh-huh. That might be the worst field I've ever seen. Yeah. At a college level, at least. I think, because I like the Boise Blue, I think the Eastern Washington Red is tragic. That's also not great. But. But Cooper that, Cup. But Cooper Cup. So, colored fields, it's Boise State, Coastal Carolina. Yeah, with the teal. Eastern Washington, Central <laughs> Arkansas. Yeah. I can't name any others off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee I has know. the checkers on the end zones, which is That's pretty dope. cool. That's yeah, dope, like in a lot, of, a lot of schools do different things where they go like light green, five yards, dark green, next I quarter. don't mind that. Like yeah. Oregon does that. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, think I that like that's, 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 like cool. mowing, that's like mowing a lawn, you know. Like yeah, it's, it's just like, like, like the outfield, stripes like outfield grass. Yeah, exactly. So there's things like that, and then you get to Central Arkansas. And I don't know who okayed that decision. I don't know how many people okayed that decision, but they should all be fired because that is terrible. It's our world-famous purple grass. <laughs> okay, go all purple before all you purple go purple and gray. Yeah, don't do that. Like, what yeah. It's just it's a bad on. color palette. Yeah, it, it really it's is. Yeah. They should change their whole school colors just because of that. Yeah. yeah. So right now, go green so they can have a green field. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. 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 At this point. <laughs> that would be so funny. It's like bringing back the brand new green turf to represent our school's colors. <laughs> All right. So, Colin, we got, got a little off track there, but Georgia, let's just get three other schools here. And I'm going to be completely biased. Penn State, Washington, and Clemson. Penn State. Penn, Penn State. Penn State's an interesting takes one. the Big Ten spot away from Ohio State and Michigan. I think they have... Drew Aller has been the best quarterback prospect that they've had since Will Levis, actually. Will Levis was a Penn State guy before he went to Kentucky. That's Hackenberg, right? Yeah, Hackenberg. Um, but Drew Aller's allegedly the truth. He played a little bit last year um, during some garbage time and looked great. Um, he sat behind Nick Fitzgerald, who I feel like was there forever. Ever. Um and so I think they have a quarterback that can do a lot of damage. I mean, we've seen guys who have come in and done amazing things and haven't played a single season, like a full season in college football. So, And they have two now true sophomore running backs um, who were tearing up the Big Ten last the year. The best running back room in the nation. Yeah, 100%. Easily. Like, I mean, they're, Maybe right, Michigan. Maybe yeah, Michigan. they're right there with Michigan with Corum mm-hmm. and Edwards. Like, they can run over anybody, and Penn State will always have a great defense. Yeah. Um, so I think this is the year that they can do it. They went and um, beat up Utah in the Rose Bowl. I think this is the year to do it. But the thing that sucks for all three of those teams is that they all play each other. Right, yeah. That's going to be a loss for probably all three of those teams somewhere within that mix. 
And if and, you're looking at the committee, they are going to they're going to favor Ohio State and Michigan if all of you split. 100%. Like you, you have to go 2-0 and in those games. 100 without Well, a think about Penn it. State's whiteout game? It's get, yeah, it's is that Minnesota. Like noon. Yeah. yeah, because Fox screwed everything up with the big noon kickoff. And, um, yeah, like their big games that they get against Ohio State and Michigan aren't on Fox. And so Fox is making them do the whiteout for that. So like, bad. That's it's horrible. terrible. That's horrible. But I think I the, hate money. <laughs> yes. It drives it. So when you bring up Penn State getting like the short end of the stick, they won the Big Ten a couple of years ago, and Ohio State still got uh, to yeah, go I remember to the that, playoff. Yeah. Like, right. they, it's going to be s- small things like that that are going to hurt Penn State right now just because they've been gradually working their way up and haven't been what they used to be in the past. Um, and Ohio State and Michigan are just the recency bias. But. Do you think you can get there with Nick or Nick? It's Nick Fitzgerald as your coach. No, or, no, it's like Joe Frank, James Franklin, James Franklin, the head coach. James Franklin. Like, is he your guy? Because I don't. I think he still hasn't won a game against a top ten team in his well, like I think he's that dude. Seven year, ten year. I think James year, Franklin's got it. Breakout year that's, for James Franklin. Breakout. There's year. no way that that's true because they upset Ohio State uh, the year that they won the Big Ten and went to the Rose Bowl. They beat Utah this year in the Rose Bowl. I mean, they've had big wins. It might have been top five. I might have been thinking Yeah, top it might five. be top five. I'm not 100% sure. You, but like, he, what are the chances you even play a top five team? Well, when you're in the Big either. Ten, you well, get two. They're going to well, play two a year, this year yeah. most likely. Fine. <laughs> um, but I think James Franklin, he's had the ups and downs at Penn State, but I think that he has just been a great recruiter there. And finally, like, he's – his early years, he got lucky with guys like Saquon and stuff like that. Trace McSorley, like, he was a good quarterback for them. But he's finally been able to get top recruiting classes and do stuff like that. I think these are the teams where he's really going to prove how good of a coach he truly is. Because he's beaten Michigan. He's beaten Ohio State. He just hasn't put it all together in a full season. So, yeah. I think it's going to be really fun to, fun to watch. That's going to be making a terrible noise. Hey, we're all right. No one tunes in this late anyway. <laughs> Yeah, Shout when, out Rob when Colin starts hey, Rob talking, all, I mean, their viewership is just... Yeah. <laughs> Rob Eldridge will be here. Rob Eldridge. I mean, shout the guy out. gets a shout-out every every single episode at, like, the 33-minute mark. He's the only person that hears it. <laughs> While we're on right. shout-outs, Lucy Lundquist Design <laughs> is the sole sponsor of the Misinterpreted Podcast. Who, who's Design our, who's our sponsor today? <laughs> Topo Chico? Life. Well, this epi- to this episode is sponsored by Topo Chico. Hard seltzer, spiked sparkling water. Get yours today. I'm drinking the strawberry guava. What's what your do you think of it? Beer? I it's haven't right. had it. It's all right. I don't want it. I'm not touching that. <laughs> Can't rally today? No. You had a terrible night yesterday. I had a great night last night. I think it was a hell of a night for the boys. It really, and the I had, girls. I had a good time. And just everybody. I had a good time. Just the crew. Yeah. The crew. Yeah. Banana grams was fun. I wasn't allowed <laughs> to use I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to use Chinese words and just, which is a joke. <laughs> It's all right. Tellier looked at me when we were playing Bananagrams and said, if you beat me once, I will give you $10. And I didn't beat him once. Yeah, I don't lose in Bananagrams. <laughs> I do not lose. I love that game. It's all right, Colin Dixon, thanks for rejoining the podcast. Love having you Glad here. Glad to be here. Best of luck in, how do you pronounce it, Nacogdoches? Nacogdoches, Texas. Nacogdoches. It's like a sh. Yeah. Nacogdoches, Texas. Yep. Axum. Go check Axum it out. Axum Jacks, baby. Axe and Jacks. All right, that's Colin. That's Ryan. I'm Tellier. See you next time. For real. Oh, really? That's how you feel. And the guys be like, 
Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh,